welcome to episode 30 of Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, where an economist and an artist walk into a podcast and things happen. Steve, we're 30. We are, we are, we are 30. Uh, um, it's it's um, maybe only six or seven years until our midlife crisis. Six or seven episodes <laughs> until our midlife yes. crisis, you know. Um, well, of course, un- unlike, unlike um, um, humans, we could keep going into our hundreds. You know, I was just so thinking it'd be we're we're predicting that we should die at roughly four score and ten. So. Yeah, yeah. Why <laughs> why would we give ourselves four score and ten? Although uh, there's a famous economist called Kenneth Arrow, uh, Nobel Prize winning economist, and he said um, the biggest problem with life is that we don't know when it's going to end. If we knew, mm. if we knew for a fact that life was going to end at let's say eighty, it mm. would be grand. You know, because or whatever, a hundred or fifty. You pick a thing, but it would be grand. You'd never because, worry, but you'd never worry about crossing the road. No, it's grand. You tip along, right? You you would tip along. Now, you know, you, maybe you get hit by a bus or whatever. But you know, uh, on your 80th birthday, you just you just you just die. So of course, you, mm-hmm. you'd have um, you'd have all of your uh, all of your 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 stuff in order. You'd ha- you'd probably have a big party. There'd probably be a religious thing associated with it. You know, it'd be quite nice. And, and because there's no uncertainty associated with it. Um, you could, you could, you could figure out. Well, how, this is how much I want to save. This is how much I want to invest. This is what I want to give to the kids. You know, and it's it's like happy days. You could have your own will reading. You could have your own wake. Right. You could be there, kind of going, "How's it going?" Yeah. Like you know, lads, uh, like McNulty at the end of the wire or whatever. I, uh, yeah. There's there's a lot of attractions to it. The problem is you do have some people who wish to live past eighty. You know, True. and uh, yeah, so so a, a perfect example of, of of an economist kind of stating a thing, but it's not really being very helpful in, in doing it. You know, um, but yeah. Well, the thing—it's kind of like retirement from life in a way, isn't it? Yeah, it's just yeah. like just, he can prepare. Yeah, who said there's more? There's more. Um, there's more life than there is living. I think that there, there's there's that idea as well, right? You know, um, that I I I, I don't know. I, I think. Um, I think that you find the versions of this argument, they crop up in, you know, uh, discussions about uh, assisted suicide and, uh, and other discussions mm. like that. You know, when do you have a right to say, do you know what? I've had enough. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to toddle off now. And um, the, these kind of discussions. Uh, but uh, w- what Arrow was really talking about was um, uh, the uncertainty associated with life, right? That life is mm. filled with, with this kind of, consistent uncertainty and you're not really sure how to ameliorate that uncertainty a lot of the time we 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 do it essentially by blocking it out right we just pretend that it's not there and then every so often life kind of comes along and goes oh no i'm here you know and uh yeah um life is what happens when you're busy making other plans John Lennon that that's that's John Lennon Lennon, right yeah 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 John Lennon well it's funny I remember years ago hearing a not, probably not that long ago, but a podcast is kind of a, a different angle, but on people who remember everything. So they don't have the, they, they can remember being five with the same clarity as they remember having their breakfast, oh. you know, like everything, there is no, um, no fog. yeah, it's, it's, it's perfect. I don't know the term for it. It's eidetic. a perfect recall or something. Hmm? Eidetic memory. Is it? Maybe, 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 but they made the point that like, you know, well, the, as you say, you don't think about it. I'm going to die. Well, and when you do have those dark nights of the soul, you know, I'm going to die on whatever day, uh, you know, you, you realize I can't live like this. I can't live this aware all the time. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, these people talk about a heartbreak or a bereavement they had 10 years ago. It's as fresh 
today. Oh God. Because they've never had that chance of time to, you know, as you move away from a traumatic um, event, time heals. It's literally a term time heals, but they don't, they don't get that. And it's, and, and, and I kind of feel in an opposite way, if you were constantly looking at the future in a very, um, presently aware I'm going to die I'm going to die at whatever age it wouldn't be it would be very unpleasant no. because we need we need to kind of cuddle ourselves with you know little little things that make life manageable your in your day to day yeah and I also think life is is fractal right so there are moments where you you need to consider the larger questions but almost all the time you're like have you paid the electricity bill <laughs> right like you know um yeah. uh, uh there's a very important tweet i need to send right now you know they're quite mm. different in 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 how we approach these things um and in the grand scheme of things mightn't matter much but they matter a lot that day or whatever yeah, well, um, i've done something though, you know these i'm very proud today um because i um Working from home, having to make adjustments in our home is the thing we talk about. Anyway, there's a there's a built-in wardrobe in the spare room, and I ripped it out today on my own. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I don't know. I I should get a degree or something, or a master's or a PhD. I mean, just if, for... I, if I were a degree-granting institution, I would give you one because <laughs> I barely change light bulbs. I'm I'm I'm, I'm useless at DIY. I, luckily, I have a mate who who's very good at DIY, but I'm beyond crap at DIY. And I'm not particularly good. I think okay, destroying something is probably easier than than in installing. You know, like so I had a screwdriver and a hammer. And when things wouldn't come out, I just bash the shit out of them and they just fall, you know, these shells falling. And it was kind of like, yeah, I, I get it. I, 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 you know, I'm not super strong. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm grand. I'm a pretty average human uh, strength and stuff. I have good health. I'm lucky. But um, yeah, I, I would have told myself there's no way I could do that. But I'm like, well, here I am in the house with a hammer. And the screwdriver, it's coming out. <laughs> and I'm not one of those, um, you know, I have friends who are uh, women who are incredibly good at DIY. Uh, I have male friends as well. I am. I do not really identify with their adeptness at all. But uh, uh, it was a good morning. Yeah, it was a nice, nice I, achievement. I fail at painting, like painting <laughs> walls. Like I failed at painting a wall recently. Um there are bits of my house that are just, they're actually just in bits. And, um, and you, you know, the way there's, there's a kind of a, I don't know, a stereotype like the, you know, the nagging wife, oh, you have to fix that. Like my wife doesn't nag me to do anything because she knows I'll make it worse. And I think the worst thing about it is like, I try really hard. Oh, I really no. want to work. I look at YouTube, you know, and all this. <laughs> and it just, and I'm like, you know, the YouTube thing is like re- repair a tap. Like, like our bath is in bits at the moment. Mm. I can't. I just haven't been able to repair it, like you know. And, and also, you yeah. you are you you are a bu- a busy guy. That's fair. And yeah. in fairness, and you've been very uh, like uh, we we haven't. Well, if you're listening to this, like there's been a a, a little bit of a a break from the podcast. No harm. A little midterm break. We're back now. But uh, you know, it's it, you you do other things, Stephen. That, you fix the world in other ways. In fair. fairness, that is fair. I, I, economists teach a, a beautiful theory called the theory of comparative advantage, and the basic idea is that you should be able to do the thing that you're really good at, and let other people do the things that they're really good at. 
and then you get better at the thing that you're good at and they get better at the thing they're good at then you just make more money from the thing you're doing and they make more money from the thing they're doing and then you trade and this is my argument for why i call plumbers <laughs> but i agree i, I agree and to be honest you know? if if this job today required you know uh, taking drilling into the wall or, or anything that or that might have crossed with wires or, or pipes or anything i wouldn't have gone near it. but it was literally pulling something away from a wall that was fixed very well but it just required a bit of time and uh that was all it was just time and i would agree because i would say artistically it's quite interesting i mean if you if i was on a, de- a desert island theater for example um i could probably you know, make something that could be on the stage. I could do basic lights. I could write, I could perform, whatever. I can kind of have a go at a few things, but my main things in theatre are performance, directing, and writing. And it's really important that I, if I'm doing a show, that I get a set designer, that I get a lighting designer, that I get a costume designer, and I get, you know, and if I'm in it, I get a director. You know what I mean? And the importance of other people's expertise when you know, when you can include that the, the product whatever you're making is going to be way way better than if you do a phil collins or a prince and you play all the instruments great if you can if you're phil collins and prince grand if you have those kind of times and resources and you can play every instrument on a on a record but i find as well apart from the expertise in that but also say creatively um, a person who's just thinking about the set is going to do something way more interesting yeah. than me in a hurry going, oh, Jesus, I need something yeah. quick. Go down to deals and, and buy some out-of-date Halloween decorations and put them on the stage. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the expertise. So what's called comparative... Comparative advantage. Comparative advantage. And I certainly think if any plumbing or uh, any expertise is needed in my house that person gets paid to come in yeah. because I ain't go- <laughs> I'm not going to mess with that shit. Yeah. yeah. My, my, I just need to organize this stuff, but it's just, that, that's the other thing with the house is just in a heap. And I just, I just need, you know, I, I, I actually need to organize people to come do that. And I just have a time. Ain't no shame in that. Yeah. Ain't no shame in that, Stephen. And this is how, this is how the world goes around. We help each other and we pay each we other. Help each other. It all works great. And I guess the, the, the other major thing is, is just to have respect for expertise. You know, some yeah. like the plumber is going to do a better job, and um, you know, um, yeah. And I, I'm, 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 I feel like there's no state of the world in which I'm. Even if I spent a while at it, I'd be better at it. So why should I? You know, why indeed? Why indeed? Absolutely. And Although you know, we do, do you have? We do have the counterexample, which is Anne Smash, right? So you know, Anne Smash wardrobe. Right? You just decided to smash the wardrobe and you did it. Maybe, did. maybe there's a plumber inside me waiting to come out. But I, maybe. I don't think I've, so. I have a few little, a few little injuries you can see. Oh, I don't okay. see. Right. <laughs> just a few little things, you know. You can just cut finger. So, so people can't see this, right? So, so Anne is Anne is showing me her fist, which is kind of covered in yeah, little scratches, and she's got like a plaster on and stuff. So you could invent a cool story, right? You could be all like, you know, uh, I, I I rescued a busload of nuns. You know, I have to say, though, I'm, I'm quite happy with 
Word of smash. Yeah. That's that's, that's a smash. good one. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll take that. Um, I I have to say as well, and 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 we're we're gonna go into something now that we've been promising um, a while. Yeah. Well, not on this podcast, but on Twitter, we have been talking about um, the Proust questionnaire, which we're about to tackle. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to make one little thing, uh, one little reference, because I think this is an important note. Uh, before we started recording, you were you were talking about being quite having quite a heavy workload not obviously in the DIY in your house but in all the other areas you work in and you you juggle many many things and you said an interesting thing that you didn't want to complain about it or to um come across as being oh I'm tired or whatever because you feel very privileged to have a full-time job and to have all these other things going on and I think there's a there it, it is very important especially in the world we live in currently and have been living in for a lot of 2020 that people are slow to to be seen to complain because everyone's in the shit do you know what I mean everyone's and everyone's and some people are in really bad shit compared to others but I remember a friend of mine was talking to me about her 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 daughter was hadn't seen her boyfriend in a few months because he lived somewhere else and the mom said to her, you know, how are you doing? And she went, oh, you know, I'm fine. I'm grand. You know, this girl is living with her mother, has a roof over her head, everything. Yeah. And she said, yeah, but I mean, how do you feel? You haven't seen your boyfriend next month's time. And she said, like, you don't have to be strong. If you feel like shit, you feel like shit. It doesn't matter if it's not as shit as somebody else. And she, you know, burst out crying, whatever. And I think it's very important that if you are feeling under pressure and and this is going out to everyone. And if you were feeling it, that, that it's, you know, to own that and to admit, you know, yeah. this is hard. Yeah. And it's not saying, poor me, everyone else is having an easy time. But I think we do need to be kind to ourselves in these times. And that if we are feeling under pressure, overwhelmed, but maybe we don't feel like we have it as bad as somebody else, mm. that not that you have to go online and go, poor me, but that in yourself and in your day to life and in your support network, you access resources, you get help, you admit this is hard and you collapse and fall apart a little and that's good. Yeah, I think, uh, um, so I guess the, 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 just the main thing with all that is, and like, thank you, I, I guess the, the main, the main thing for me is just sort of recognizing, like I said, recognizing the privilege of it, you know, like you gotta just, like, I, I, I'm just aware constantly. I and mean, this is my, my, my upbringing as much as anything else. Um, uh, tis, how from, how, tis far from here, I was reared. Um, so as, as I say down here, um, the, 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 the reality of uh, my life versus many other people's. It's just aware, I'm, because of the stuff that I look at all the time, I'm just very aware mm. of it. And the, I, I, I take which I take, I take your point. Um, I do, I do take your point. And um, actually, uh, later on this evening, I'm, I'm going for a run uh, w- with with some. I, running is not something I do. <laughs> um, and he just said, "Look, just just come for a run, and you'll hate it." But just come for a run and i'm just looking out the window every so often it's rain and bullets and i'm going okay fine but uh i think (laughs) that's sort of a very uh blokey way of saying just come on come out exactly come come out from behind your your standing desk in your spare room where you spend 10 hours a day you know yeah yeah. so i appreciate that and i I think everyone needs to hear that as well you know you do the you do the world no good by falling asunder as well no nobody nobody works at 100 efficiency um you know uh you, you just don't 
No, nobody does. Um, we're yeah. lucky if we get and it's all, yeah. there's very levels of, of grief going on at the moment for the, the whole yeah. world, you know, and it's varied and, but it doesn't mean your own isn't valid. Yeah. But as long as you can own it and not use it, like some people go, you know, they call that what aboutery, you know, oh, if somebody right. puts up a post going, oh, this, I don't know, well, something like what's going on in direct provision and they're like, what about the homeless or what about something oh, else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People who tend to not give a shit about the homeless tend to say that. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> what about me is all about, yeah. let me feel really, make you feel bad for having conviction about something yeah. by pointing out something else that's wrong in the world, but they've no interest in the thing that's wrong in the world. Anyway, yeah. we digress. Because we, as I said, we have been talking about this Proust questionnaire and I imagine we're only going to start it. This is probably going to be going to leak into our next podcast as well. For sure. So Stephen, for thems that are uninitiated, what is the Proust questionnaire? Okay, so the basic idea was, so so Marcel Proust, uh, uh, famous, famous author from the 19th to 20th centuries, um, uh, extremely uh, uh, foundational in the sort of the, the canon in Western literature. He, um, um, if you, if you, if you, um, if you read any book by his, of his, read a book called Swan's Way, S-W-A-N-N-S, Swan's Way. Um, and that's the first in a, in, a, in a long series. And like, he's, he's one of those French authors, not much really happens in, in the book, but it's just beautifully written. And uh, he, the reason he's famous, he's sort, he sort of, he sort of fame, he was one of these sort of people who are famous for being famous as well during his okay. day, during his, his time as an active writer. Um, and he, um, he he answered this particular set of questions and it was just kind of a joke a joke set of questions what makes you happy what makes you sad how do you want to die do you know these kind of things and the the reason that's called the proust questionnaire is because he answered them in an incredibly interesting way and then everyone started copying him right so the best possible set of proust so it's now called the proust questionnaire and essentially lazy interviewers over the last hundred years have basically pulled out this questionnaire and thrown it at people and then people have realized that they have they sort of performatively have to answer cool questions in a cool way and it has become a thing it's a literary mm. device that everyone has so if anybody is interested google bowie like david bowie uh proust questionnaire p-r-u-s-t questionnaire okay. and you'll see the kinds of cool ass answers that people like David Bowie and many, many, many other people have given. And so um, the, the Proust questionnaire is typically now given in the Paris review of books. So that seems to be the place that just everyone does it. But the, re the reality is you could do it everywhere. So what we decided was we would just ask people who listen to the podcast, the Proust questionnaire. There's many new versions of it. We just picked the one that the New Yorker does. Um, and we got loads of responses. Um, and and uh, so some of them, so, so for example, here are some of the answers to the first question, which is, what is your idea of perfect happiness? And one of them says, you know, being with people I love. Uh, another person says, full belly, feet up, watching a good movie with family around me and a dog cuddle up beside me on the couch. Uh, peace of mind, uh, a calm mind, humor, snuggling with my daughter, listening to a record, uh, sharing an experience of unbridled joy with loved ones. So a major family celebration or the euphoria of a sporting win like Limerick's uh, All Ireland win, being in relationships. These, these are these are these are these are beautiful answers, you know. 
they're beautiful answers. And again, I should say also, thank you to everyone who responded. Um, you know, your time is valuable. And uh, this is just wonderful. So thank, thank you all. Um, yeah. And what is your idea of happiness? So I guess my idea of perfect happiness, I, sometimes I think it's, it's being very quiet and um, it's being very quiet and just reading a book. And sometimes I think it's being very loud. So I, I, I experience real happiness when I'm like lecturing in the concert hall. Like I really mm -hmm. enjoy it. There's a certain performance to it. There's obviously a theater to it. Um, it's really fun. I get huge amounts of energy from lecturing, you know? Mm. Um, and so, so sometimes I, 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 I like those kind of moments of like maximum exposure. But I think if I was to look back on let's say, like the last five years, um, the moments that I've been really, really happy have been when I've been driving. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So I've been driving with the family so we, we drove to a place in the northern territories in australia called kakadu and you drive along corrugated unsealed roads um, and we were listening to like the harry potter audiobook and i was bombing along at about 100 kilometers an hour and there you know it looks like you're driving in mars you're producing this huge plume of smoke behind you uh, and dust and um yeah moments like that are just they're just they're the moments that i think of when i yeah, if you go back further in time and there are these weird moments where you get, I don't know, I can remember, <laughs> I can remember this thing, it must be 20 years ago now, 25 years ago, but uh, do, 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 you know the Trinity Ball, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so the, every year uh, uh, Trinity College um, st kicks out all the students who live there and they basically turn the quad, the middle bit of Trinity into a studio or to, into a stage. And there's, there's a big party and it basically goes on all night, right? And so, so the standard shots are you go to, you get it, it's kind of tuxedo stuff and night nice dresses and all this. And people, uh, they go to the Shelburne for, for like, for drinks at the start. And then, then they go down to the, to the, to the actual campus. Um, one of your friends has already smuggled in booze and whatever. Um, and so they've hit it somewhere. So it, it, it's just a, it's a really, really great night. And then you finished up at six or seven o'clock in the morning. Um, mm -hmm. And I can recall a moment where my then girlfriend, I, at seven o'clock in the morning, I was giving her a piggyback over the, um, over the bridge. She lived in the financial services center, which is a fair old clip if you have to give someone a piggyback. And I could just remember, and she was in a kind of a kind of ball gown dressing thing. I was in a tuxedo. She was wearing half the tuxedo because she was freezing. And, and yeah. I was just walking past. And of course, the cars were going to work, do you know? And they just saw these two students. And then people were just beeping and just waving. And like, nobody was going, oh, this is terrible. People were just smiling, you know, like they were ever laughing with us or at us or whatever. But I recall it as a really um, a fun memory, you know? What about you? What's your idea of perfect happiness? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's funny because obviously our responses, people have put in very um, lovely, simple yeah. uh, kind of Gorgeous. capsules. Um, and I think I'm quite like you, Stephen, in the sense that uh, there's many versions. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could say literally, you know, sitting by, in, by the stove with a glass of wine watching any number of, of really mo like movies that I love, like the list is very long with, with 
Jenny and, and the dogs. Like that's amazing. Um, are like with obviously an Indian takeaway, obviously. Um, same time being on stage, like touring internationally, um, doing my show in front of an international audience and meeting those kind of people is just, you know, such so euphoric. And then sitting on a beach, read like I actually I love audiobooks. Um cool. and, and podcasts. So I love lying on a beach in on a sunny day, like uh, somewhere somewhere exotic and uh, like and Le listening Hinch. to a book. Like Lynch on a I sunny go day. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be exotic this time with our five kilometer limits. But yeah, so all those things, yeah. you know, and then being at a family event or being in a party, like I've had like it just even you describing that I have a lot of memories from my early twenties of kind of staying up to the wrong side of dawn, you know, with people having discussions, having chats and maybe um, in, in different countries even, you know, and just the magic of that, that and the magic of, of seeing people going to work and you're not, and you're, you know, all smug in your youth or whatever, but all these things are, are really happy, but I feel okay because I do like the stove stuff too. Yeah. So I think I'll be sorted for old age. It's not like, oh, I must be staying up until the dawn, until the end, or else <laughs> I cannot be happy. Um, but yeah, most of it includes, it does, like, it just includes kind of, I suppose, being very content in, in, in myself. Like even in the more chaotic versions I'm very I'm feeling very good in myself and very solid in myself um so yeah so but the yeah I really loved how people responded to that so the second one your favorite qualities in a person so I'm going to go to you before we go to the responses be curious I so my favorite qualities in a person um they have to they have to be able to have the crack this is very important. Um, I value that. Uh, uh, I, I, I particularly value that. Um, there, there's a certain kind of wavelength you get on with people. And I think that's important. Mm. The, the, I value intelligence and I really value integrity. And what, what, that, what I mean by that is, particularly when... I feel like when they're doing something stupid, I feel like I'm okay by going, Bob, Jane, that is feckin' stupid. And similarly, and they will go, hmm, and they won't be happy that I've said it, but they'll realize that I'm coming from a reasonable place. Similarly, um, uh, uh, vice versa, they'll say to me, this is not, you know, okay. And I think integrity tends to, it, it, it's easily pushed around as a, as a kind of a qualifier. But what I mean by it is something that says, you are impeccable with your word. So if you're going to do something, you feckin' do it, you know? Mm. And even if, like, even if situations change in the meantime, you get it done. You know, I find people are very, uh, people are very present focused. And so they can mean what they say in the moment, but delivering on it later on is quite difficult. Um, and I always, yeah, um, oh yeah, the ability to just ship. You just have to be able to do it. You know, like a, like there's a, there's a, 
and particularly in in my world, I'm surrounded by people who are just yapping the whole time, you know? Right. And I really respect the people who are like, cease with the yapping, get with the doing, and they just do it. They actually ship the product. They they write the column, they write the book, they make the play, they do, they do the do, you know, because mm. there, there's a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that those Those are very important uh, to me anyway. Mm. Lovely. She reminds me of that one. Uh, there's a quote. It's in theater. I'm sure it's in loads of practice, but uh, show me, don't tell me. Yeah. Show me. So, it, yeah. And I, I would be very similar. Um, yeah. I mean, it's funny. Your first one is kind of mine. H- humor and the crack. I mean, just that's that ability to connect and, and the crack being whatever being, yeah, being the, the you know, just, Someone who you know you can relax with and you can, someone who is okay with, they can take the piss out of themselves in a, re, in a healthy way, you yeah. know, and, and, and aren't, um, I suppose, you're not dealing with, with eggshells every time you meet them, like, oh God, you know, here's this person I need to wrap and bubble wrap, yeah. and then I hopefully will get far away from them, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I understand, I mean, there, there's reasons for that, but I suppose when I'm talking about what I'm what I like and what I favor <laughs> um, that it's, it's interesting that idea of uh, I, I told integrity as well. I think it's a, it's, it's something, I think it really manifests the older you get because when you're younger and often everyone's figuring out who they are and figuring out their own personality and figuring out their own place in the world. And there's a lot of kind of chaos around that, which is kind of fun and fascinating, but you get to a point in life where, you know, you want to trust that if something is, if you've been told something's going to happen, that unless something really serious happens to make that impossible for that person, that, that, that it will happen. And, and I think, that, you know, there's just, you can be understanding when, when things go wrong, but in general, I suppose the term flaky uh, would be. Yeah. A yeah, perfect example. Perfect. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Is not, is not, I'm not like, yay, a crazy flaky, but <laughs> a flaky person who I can have a lot of fun with, but dear God, I'm not going to rely on them for anything. Yeah. And then it, something that's very important to me, and this will probably come up a bit more, but it's people who listen, and are interested in other people. I'm always struck by meeting someone who, uh, you know, I'll meet them and a while later they'll say to me, oh yeah, you um, you told me you were about to start uh, reading this book or something. Like they'll remember a conversation we had and not in a kind of a, a creep way. It's just more like, oh, they were, they're really listening and they, they really are interested in other people and they're not waiting for people to draw breath to 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 get their spake in. They're really curious and present. Yeah. And people who are present, oh my God, they just rule the world because people just want to be around them because they're like, they're just so calm and lovely. I, I don't mean calm in a, it's just this absolute um, ease in themselves. And they put other people at ease. So. Um, I was talking with a guy recently and um he he very 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 successful man really successful and he had had a bit of a midlife crisis and decided to chuck in his job with this giant multinational um and become a life coach and i was like okay (laughs) 
proceed. So we had this chat. <laughs> and um, I found myself. So, so, and then he kind of, kind of used his Jedi life coach powers on me a little bit. And I was like, oh, man, I feel, you know, much better talking to you. And he said, it's interesting. One of the things that you learn, like day one of life coach school, I, I don't know where he went to do this, but day one of life coach school, he went, you know, when you're talking with somebody, you breathe more slowly and they'll breathe more slowly. They'll calm down and they'll feel calmer <laughs> in your presence. I was like, did you just do that to me? And he's like, yes. <laughs> like, oh my God, you know? And it's just that thing of just, just, just take, take, take shorter, take, take longer breath. And just your breathing is, is not in sync with the other person's and you just, uh, and they calm down, they speak more slowly and they take it easier. And you're like, okay. You know? And so there's a little bit of that too. I think, I think people who just naturally understand how to do that are fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And they're very gen they often they're often very generous people. Yeah, they well. are. I mean it's not it's not they're not weaponizing their ability. <laughs> yeah. you know. Their deep breath. Thank you for telling <laughs> me your pin code, you know, uh, <laughs> you were pouring out your life's, you know, problems to me or whatever. But there is that thing I, of that listening is, is is yeah. Yeah. And I think if 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 somebody gives you the gift of their attention, you know, uh same guy sat down to the cup for a cup of coffee this is when you could go into a a place called a coffee shop and what they sold there was coffee and we sat Ancient down times. across from each other physically it was it was a remarkable moment it was actually the first time and the last time that i've been in, in our local coffee shop and um he just took out his phone and he just turned it onto airplane mode and he's like let's go and you know there's that thing of somebody gives you their time and attention you kind of feel like a bit of pressurized. You're like, I can't fuck this up. Oh my God. Bring me a game. <laughs> and then you start breathing deeper. And, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, yama, yama, yama. Like, what, what, what? Somebody like, do you want a cappuccino or not, buddy? Get on with it. You know? uh, yeah, I just throw one last thing into that list. And it's, I kind of said it, generosity. Um, to me is a quality I really like in people not because they give me stuff I mean it as a person who's generous with themselves generous with their time generous with their energy um and yeah it's just it's it it, it tends to 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 manifest across their personality I'll have a look at some of the responses so qualities in a person humor unpredictability and the ability to listen to an opposing point of view without being offended honesty kindness culber culber do you know what that word not a clue c-u-l-b-e-r nope okay could be a typo you do a google while i keep going <laughs> honesty i'm gonna self-awareness humor. you know what humor culber sounds like humor humor yeah. honesty self-awareness attention to detail humor Kindness, curiosity, kindness, openness and fun, laughter, crack. When they are interesting and when they show interest, oh, kind of like me, honesty, but not too much of it. They need to know when it is kind to be quiet or even lie. Mm. Uh Empathy and comp... Ah. Interesting. That's interesting. Empathy. need to know when to lie. Well, I think that's a later question. So that's an interesting that yeah, that's come up there. Yeah, we can go back to that for sure, for sure, for sure. Empathy and compassion, both so lacking in online interactions. Fair. Um, 
everyone is trying to call others out for their bad behavior. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, it's to err is human. We all make lots of mistakes. Someone who knows that sees the flawed person you are and cares for you anyway. That's my favorite. Honesty, sincerity, humor, fun, kindness, kindness, empathy, and similar morals. Wow. It's funny, actually. I was thinking of kindness because there's friends I have who are tough as nails. Like they'd cut you, <laughs> they'd cut you down in a second. Yeah. Like I'd go as hard to say they're 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 bitches. <laughs> but they are deeply, deeply kind. Yeah. But I mean, their humor and their their outer way of being yeah. is quite, they move through the world quite in a certain manner. Mm-hmm. Is different to how I move, but they are very successful at what they do. But they are so thoughtful and kind. And I think kindness is, um, it's very important. I agree. I agree. And I think, um, you know, one of the things you remember, like a lot, is kindness. Particularly when it's in some sense... When it's masked, you know, it's not like, here I am being kind to you on Twitter, right? It's more like they did that thing for you and and you didn't you didn't necessarily know that it was them and they weren't quite telling you, you know, that kind of just just a very quiet, you know, or when somebody says, Would you like to have a chat? And they know you're not you're not doing the best. And you like when you realize that that is them saying, trying to be kind to you here. You know, this kind of stuff, I think it's very helpful. I I really do. I think it's, uh, I think it's very useful as a, um, I think it's very useful as a a measure. I I wonder, is there a way to measure kindness? Well, well, Hmm. if if anyone's going to find out, it's the economist. It's going to make a note. (laughs) Make a note how to measure kindness. You know, you know, we, we, we measure, what we measure is generally what matters. And the thing about it is that the thing about it is I'm making a note to do this. We can try to measure well-being, you know, um, and we can try to measure things like, I don't know, uh, average rates of obesity or something like this, you know, and, you know, physical well-being, mental well-being and so forth, societal well-being, the environment. But I don't know if you can measure kindness, you know, uh yeah a, t- a, t- a task for the next podcast maybe yeah because <laughs> you've loads of time don't you yeah, yeah, no, I'll, just, doing. I'll just get out i'll get right on that <laughs> i'll be building my kindness meter <laughs> imagine you could like like walk around like the ghostbusters you know they have that little stick thing and you're like boop, 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 boop. <gasps> oh my god <laughs> this is a really this is bob you're the kindest person on the street, Bob. Beep, 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 beep. Jane, you're a dickhead. Oh, look at this. Boop, boop, boop. This is a disaster, Jane. Oh, my God. We're, we're reporting you for lack of crack therapy. You know, re-ed. <laughs> so I'm, I am conscious of time. We've gotten through two, two, questions, two questions, as usual. Now, in fairness, they are we, we were talking about other things yeah, at the top. So we're going to continue with Proust. Uh, it's probably, let's face it, it's going to take the rest of the year for yeah. us on the podcast yeah. to get through. There's a good few questions to go ahead, but we'll, uh, we'll plow on with them. And, um, but we'll pause it there. And actually, the, the questionnaire is still up on Twitter, so I yeah. might retweet it. And we'll it if anyone else sure. wants to fill it in, for sure. have at for you. Yeah. Well, look, Stephen... I will see you again soon. It is as ever. And here we are. We're 30. We're officially mature. I don't know. As such. Are we mature? Because we're only no. really one. We're actually one. Yeah. 
<laughs> I prefer it to be one than to be 30. <laughs> yeah, because if you think about it, when you're one, everything you do, people just go, wow, you know? Let's, let's yeah, 30 is when judgment really kicks oh, yeah, in. So are like, mm-hmm, no, no. Actually, so you wows. said you, you said you're going for a run or uh, you mentioned going for a run. Um, I remember I started getting more active as I approached 30 in a way I hadn't been before, like running and things like that. And I called it a 30 conscience. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, oh, I need, you know, mm. so you can have that one. Take a, you can have a, that one for your next book. 42 conscience. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally taking that. Uh, uh, and, and I will report back to you on the the state of me because uh, I imagine I yeah I imagine it. Was, oh, do let us know how uh, the run goes. Uh, hashtag broke, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be. Well, uh, listen. Yeah, dismembering um, uh, uh, cabinets or anything like that after after the run. I don't think, you know. No, leave that to me. Z. <laughs> you can just come over. I'm gonna. I'm just. You can just come over and sort my house out. After <laughs> Yeah, no, re- get a professional, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Stephen, as ever, a delight. Yes, I will uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. In the meantime, have a good one. I will. And like, thank, thanks so much, Anne. I, I, just, I just love talking to you. It's just brilliant. Aw, right back at you. Yeah. You have been listening to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, a Limerick Post podcast produced by Eric Fitzgerald. Theme tune is performed and composed by David Blake. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. You can now follow the show on Twitter at Anne Steve Talk. Get Stephen at Stephen Kinsler. He's a Stephen with a PH. Anne at Anne Blake 78. That's an Anne without an E. And the Limerick Post at Limerick Post.